Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, welcome to Inverse. My name's Justin Kim, and in the studio we have Siku and Jonathan and, uh, and Israel. And we are looking at the topic of religious liberty, Jesus and liberty. And there's so many things that are happening in society today. People are criticizing religion, criticizing the Old Testament. We're looking at theocracy, politics, all this mumbo-jumbo, and it's going to be put into a pot. We're going to organize it, and we're going to see what Scripture has to say about it. So we're going to have a word of prayer, and then the Lord's going to help us get our ducks in a row here. So Siku, can you pray for us? Sure. Loving Father, we pray that you would be our teacher now. Um, Give us clarity of thought. Give us insight into your word through the power of the Holy Spirit and help us to understand and articulate um, what the word is saying to us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Our episode this week is called Understanding Theocracy. And for about two episodes, we're going to be looking at the dangers of church and state, and they should be separated, and the dangers of what happens when they're, when they're together. And we want to encourage you to go inversebible.org and look at our Bible study guides, but also go to hopetv.org slash inverse and look at the past episodes and combine uh, those two experiences to where we are at today in this episode. So let's go to Luke chapter 21, Luke chapter 21, verse 24 to 27, 24 to 27, and uh, Israel, can you read that for us? All right, verse 24 says, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led, cap- uh, and be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectations of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near." All right. So, uh, Jonathan, can you give us a recap of where we are today? I mean, I just made an intro. We've talked about a lot of stuff. I mean, we really have. We've talked about life. We've talked about politics. we talked about persecution. Mm-hmm. We've talked about liberty, freedom. Uh, but um, the last two episodes, we've been kind of coming up to this point and kind of reaching an apex on this topic of theocracy. Right. Where have we been and uh, lead us into theocracy? Yeah. Uh, well, in the last episodes, we've been talking about first the, you know, is is human government, is that a legit thing? Is this something God is okay with yeah. uh, versus, you know, religion? Yep. And we saw that in Romans 13 and other passages, Jesus and, and Paul and others uh, do say that there is a place for human government. Yep. And there is also a need for us to be obedient as far as possible, mm-hmm. unless it, of course, goes against our faithfulness to God. Mm-hmm. And then in our last episode, we looked at what happens when church and state does combine mm-hmm. against uh, you know, against God. And, and in, in this case, it was Jesus. We saw the, the dynamics between Pilate and, and Herod and, and the people, the priests, and this combination of church and state to persecute God's faithful. Mm-hmm. And um, now the question that comes out of all this, is there a way for the two to be together, mm-hmm. for it to, but in a righteous way? Is mm-hmm. it possible or not? And that's mm-hmm. where the theocracy comes in because it has been done 
in the Old Testament. And theocracy is when church and state are together. Yes. Right? That church and together is where God... One nation under One God. nation under... Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, well, there's yeah, nuance to that. There's nuance uh, to that. I wouldn't trigger say, the Americans here. Uh, I wouldn't say that that's theocracy. Uh, be, um, so, so what are some examples of Old Testament... Let's start there. What are some examples of Old Testament theocracy that we classically give? Just just so that we, people give a flavor of what... I mean... It's, um, a, it's a big word, and people not be familiar with it. That's why. Um, it really, in the ancient times, most nations were theocracies mm. in their own way because they always saw either their leader mm-hmm. uh, as a some kind of semi demi whatever god, mm-hmm. or as God. You look look at the ancient Egyptians, uh, Babylonians. They they considered their leader, you know, to be divine, mm-hmm. and in that sense, it was a theocracy that they. You know, their religion and and government were together, one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about theocracy, um, you know, uh, from a biblical perspective in the Old Testament, um, it is the people of Israel, which was, you know, millions of people that are, uh, you know, led by God. He instituted the laws of the land, so to say. He, he gave them a land and he was their leader. He was their king. Um, and they, the whole system, the whole government, the whole um, uh, economy was centered around God mm-hmm. uh, as as the source and as the leader of the nation. Mm-hmm. And we saw that the priests were uh, put into what we would consider political positions yes. today because that was totally the framework. And that was judges. Okay. So yeah, judges. Um, and then maybe that's where I also mentioned in the opener where there's uh, the critics of the Old Testament, critics of the New Testament, the inconsistency of the Bible, that that was one form of government that, and we'll talk about how it changed over time, but where, you know, God tells human beings not to kill, but then he himself kills. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we go around that uh, thing? And under theocracy is that God told human beings not to kill each other, but God as the author of life and him as the, the king of the universe, who is the king of that you know, that country or that that empire or whatever, he is enacting judgment uh, and has full authority and whatnot to enact judgment on the individual person. That same level of authority has not been seen since on earth. Uh, There have been a couple droplets. I can think of one time in the New Testament where Ananias and Sapphira, uh, they had lied about taking God's, uh, uh, taking the the, the whole land, the money thing. And God... um, uh, spoke judgment on on their behalf, mm-hmm. um, but what happened? What happened to this theocracy? What 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 in the natural? I can use the word evolution of of the governments throughout Bible. What happened? So backtrack to um, what John was saying. Yep. Um, that God led the Israelites out of Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. And they're at the Mount at Mount Sinai, He gives them the Ten Commandments, which. God's people already had prior to Sinai, mm-hmm. but He reminds them of the Ten Commandments. Then He gives. Um, laws for how these commandments apply in mm-hmm. their lives that mm-hmm. continues to give that. You have that in the book of Exodus. Mm-hmm. Then he also not just sets up the, their, their moral code, but even like civil, yes. uh, their civil government for yes. how they should run things. Yes. Um, they, they have health laws for how they should yes. dispose of, of, of items. So you have public, uh, public health elements. You've got, <laughs> you know, civic elements. You've got all the elements that come divinely from God for these for this people to now take these things and now they administer them, mm-hmm. right? Um, later, they go through this, with God as their divine ruler, they go through this experience of either adhering to what God has required of them mm-hmm. or rebelling against it. Mm-hmm. 
and they go through this back and forth in their relationship with God, where as a result of their rebellion, he, you know, he sends another nation to come and chastise them, so to speak, to help them to see that they need to turn back to him. Mm -hmm. And so you have the time of the judges. They turn back to God. And so he sends a deliverer to come and help bring them out of that, you know, experience. And you have this constant, this back and forth during the time of the judges and people are doing what they think is right in their own eyes instead of following what God has given them as his laws mm -hmm. until they ultimately get to the point where um, during the time of Samuel, where they say they want a king, just mm -hmm. like every other nation has mm -hmm. a king, mm -hmm. um, which was not how God had intended for it to be with his people. This is their desire based on what they see other nations doing, how they see other nations governed. Mm -hmm. And they say they want this experience as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just looking back at, at the, the, the chapters where this happens. And Samuel is really vexed about it because mm -hmm. he feels, you know, he feels slighted because at that time he's a prophet of the Lord and he's, mm -hmm. you know, helping leading with the pe leading the people. And God says to Samuel, he's like, don't be stressed about this because they're not rejecting you. Mm -hmm. He says, they're rejecting me, mm -hmm. you know, as a king. They want to establish for themselves an earthly king, somebody yeah, that they in, can in a, see. In a very literal way, they had a sanctuary, they had a throne in the sanctuary, and God's presence was on that throne. God was their literal king. Mm -hmm. And then wanting a human king was... Uh, so does that mean that the theocracy stopped then and they entered a monarchy or was what, what what's what's going on there? Even in the even in them asking for a king, mm -hmm. what Sam what Samuel goes on to tell them, um in and these are the first chapters in, in the book of Sam in first Samuel, he tells them that even if you have a king, you're not gonna do it like all the other mm -hmm. nations. And so there are parameters that are set in place, even though they have desired a system that is similar to what mm -hmm. the rest of the nations are doing, mm -hmm. they do not have their king as a deity. Mm -hmm. He's not a deity. He is subject to God, who is ultimately their leader. Mm -hmm. um, the king is not supposed to amass wealth to himself like the other kings do. Mm -hmm. He's Basically, he's, he's, he is a representative of God mm -hmm. in leading them and acknowledging God as the ultimate mm -hmm. leader. And so when Israel, through their history, when Israel is doing well, mm -hmm. the king is doing well in acknowledging God as king over Israel mm -hmm. and he as a representative of God and leading the people back to God as their mm -hmm. king. And when they're messing up, it's, you know, he's not. <laughs> it, yeah, it was cool that, that God was instituting kind of a hybrid new system yeah. where it was king slash man slash God. And this new type of theocracy slash monarchy was epitomized by the son of, of David, you know, David yeah. the king and, this, and then David's throne. It's like this new hybrid, new format that it's going to be a human being on the throne, but he's also going to be a representative of God. Uh, and then, you know, uh, who – and this is it's just so exciting that who ultimately fulfills this this, this role, right. it's Jesus, Jesus. yeah? Right. Um, just, you know, unfortunately, some of his ancestors were kind of messed up along the way, but yes. but it's pointing towards that in momentum-wise. Jonathan, think, you're getting uh, excited too. No, uh, yes, but it's a, uh, I think uh, a great source of, <laughs> of the confusion and, and, and what might seem like apparent, um, you know, uh, differences between Old and New Testament and so on and why is there no theocracy now anymore, et cetera is that God is a, is a teacher who adjusts his lessons plan, lesson plan. So initially, if you look at the Old Testament, what he had initially planned for Israel, even a lot of the Old Testament prophecies are talking about realities that never came to be because of the unfaithfulness that you mentioned. But if they would have been, this theocracy would have continued to the end of time, mm. glorifying God, being what, what we are now called to be representatives, ambassadors for this whole world to mm. see that if you're faithful to God, you will thrive and you will live. The Messiah would have come, the sacrifice 
may have def- happened in a little different way maybe than what we experienced with the cross. But because of the unfaithfulness, God had to adjust his lesson plan. So like he, as, as far as he could. So when he allowed the king, he adjusted his lesson plan a little bit because of the people's inability to, to, to just, you know, listen to him. Yeah. Uh, but there came a point where God could no longer adjust uh, without compromise. And so we see this is where the transition then takes place into what we see now uh, of a, where it's a th- not a theocracy in that old-fashioned sense anymore, but in more of a uh, where Jesus calls about the kingdom of heaven is in your hearts and anyone who who gives their life to God and is faithful, they're part of the theocracy that is in, is invisible because mm-hmm. there is no nation itself, but it's it is a it's a generation. It's 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 anyone who believes. It's more spiritually uh, uh, seen in that way. So in, in a way, theocracy still exists, but in a more spiritual form, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we don't have it in the New Testament anymore is really because of the unfaithfulness of the people. And and God adjusted along the plan, uh, along the line many times, but there was a point where no more. And you're saying that theocracy still exists today in the fact that Jesus uh, ascended to heaven and is king right now. Yes. Uh, And in in many ways, we are under that kind of government temporarily with uh, earthly, earthly powers here. Right, right, exactly. right. and we are we are spiritually connected. We are citizens of heaven spiritually, and it will not come to its full fruition and and physical representation until really the new earth is created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think when we, one of the challenges that we have with our understanding of theocracy is that we kind of look at it as we're looking at it through the perspective of it it requiring defense. You know, like we need to we need to establish a defense as to why. A theocracy was established and then is no longer established. When, if you actually look at it through the history of redemption, mm-hmm. it has a completely different uh, uh, perspective. Okay. Explain. So, for example, yep. the whole point of Scripture is to teach us that God has always, since the very beginning of time, had one purpose in mind, mm-hmm. and that is to be one with his people. Mm. I mean, that's why he created us to begin with. Prior to the fall, it's not like the, a government of God didn't exist prior to the fall. The government of God has always existed. As a result of sin, there was a break in that government in terms of its relationship to humanity because mm-hmm. now we are rebels. Within the, we are at odds with the government of God. Mm-hmm. And so through creation history or through the history of redemption, sorry, you actually see how God seeks to bring rebellious humanity into the rulership of the divine reality. Mm. And so you have that through the patriarchs and prophets first. So actually, and and this is what's important is, because I don't want to forget later on, is that constantly through the Bible, you have the family and then you have um, uh, the the nation, right? You have these two motifs of the family of God and the nation of God, God as a, as a father and God as a king, okay? So then in, through the patriarchs and prophets, you have God as a father, over and over and over, we become the descendants of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham. And this was God's intent to be, to embrace us into the family of God. Now, Israel wanted a king mm. and introduced now this idea of let's have a king on this earth that would rule us like the other nations. And then what Jonathan says, you know, he has to, Jesus or God ad- adapts his lesson plan to incorporate uh, humanity. Why does God do that? He does that because of the rebellious heart of humanity. Mm-hmm. He, that's how desperate he is to save us. So he institutes now the kingdom of, 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 of God, right? But what is ultimately powerful is the fact that this, the, the purpose of the throne of David was that ultimately through that throne, the Messiah would come mm. and would sit on that throne. In other words, God himself 
would take the throne that humanity had given to a human being and would take that throne back. How? And this is the beautiful part. How would he take that throne back? Would he take it by force? Would he take it by, you know, uh, rebellion? He would take it by becoming one with humanity. Mm -hmm. He himself would become a man Mm. to take the throne of Mm. a man and then once again bring humanity from a rebellious state into a non-rebellious state. And then you have now the introduction of the kingdom of God that you are now in, rather than being rebellious against God, now you're rebellious against the world, right? And so you have this concept of the kingdom of God is very, very different from the kingdom of hum- uh, of, of the world, right? It starts as a seed, not as a force, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think when we look at the theocracy or the story of redemption through that lens, you see that it has always been God's intent to bring us into the family, the royal family of God. And so, you know, he says at the end of the day that we are a royal priesthood. This is always something that he's been wanting to give to us, except Mm. we, as Jonathan said, you know, we have, through rebellion, caused him to adapt his quote-unquote lesson plans. Israel, this is very, very good. Uh, let me just repeat so that so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm this is this is this is uh, this is organizing it for me too. So God instituted the the theocracy in the Old Testament, and I'm I'm going to be not as eloquent as you are in just in shorter time. Um, so that in in, prepar- in preparing the coming of the Messiah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Messiah would sit, sit as the the man king to, for the salvation of humanity. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I said, but yeah, so uh, I mean, I mean, they didn't, yes. I mean, that, that's so. Then, so then, why, why after Jesus came, why is there no theocracy? Yeah, because now there's a there's a new understanding of what it means to be the new understanding of what it, uh, of a kingdom is. Yeah. So we have a certain understanding of what it means to be part of a kingdom. Yeah. Our kingdom, our concept of what a kingdom is, is earthly. We don't have the realities of heaven that God does. And so what he's saying is, actually, even though you live, as Jonathan was saying, there is this concept of theocracy. You are a citizen not of this world. You're a citizen of heaven. You're an ambassador to earth so that we can try to take over the world. That's like God is trying to take over the world. You are an agent of the Lord. You are an ambassador of Christ on this earth with the purpose of making people citizens of heaven, Mm. which heaven is a real kingdom. It is a real place. There is a real throne. Jesus is a real legitimate king. Mm. And so he's saying is, you're an enemy territory trying to win people over to my kingdom, except that my kingdom is not grown through wars. My kingdom is grown through word. The conversion. Mm -hmm. No, um, Mm What what Israel was saying, the part that struck me was uh, it's a little bit of a shift in perspective. Rather than thinking about God had a theocracy in the Old Testament and then now he doesn't, it's more that God has always had a, a government. Theocracy. Yeah, mm-hmm. like God has always had government. In different ways. Exactly. Pre and post Christ. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and pre and post creation of the world. Like God has always had a government, right? God has always been the ruler of the universe. He is God. And then... At at different stages in the history of all of his creation, it manifests differently, mm-hmm. right? And so when when sin enters the world, there's there's a shift in the way that it's going to manifest as through the history of humanity with the calling of Abraham to come out. Mm. There's a shift in that in that manifestation of God as ruler of the universe, and all he is trying to do. This is this this is my takeaway from Israel's. Um, beautiful speech. Um, 
<laughs> that all he's trying all he's trying to do is to bring us back into his kingdom mm. right mm. um and what that looks like looks different at different stages in the history of humanity yeah. based on our response to him yeah. Yeah. and then how he the best way that he can man- re- represent that to us yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's a it's the play and interplay um and, oh, that was, yeah, good, you know good. It, the, throughout history that helps, that helps, that's helped me clarify that. <laughs> yeah. thank you so yeah, yeah so so, mm-hmm. so you know i i love how you weaved in we're not we're not this isn't government class we're not talking about governments and which is the best monarchy or whatever this is this is god's way to save humanity yeah. right mm-hmm. and really the for, for the way that my brain processes it God has had always had his forever, but for the Old Testament, it was all in preparation for the Savior to be Messiah, Messiah to come. Mm-hmm. And now that he came, we don't really need a theocracy on this earth anymore. Now it's got to be opened up and for, for the Holy Spirit to work. And so I feel like there's a, there's been the bifurcation of church and state mm-hmm. to now we're not supposed to be cloistered and wait for the Messiah. Now we're supposed to go out to the world and the church has now to go like just go in wildfire. Mm-hmm. And now you have the bifurcation with still Jesus up in heaven and, and then the whole, you know, theocracy thing. Uh, same purposes, but two, two different sides of, of Jesus's com- Jesus's first coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we also have taken into consideration the context of what is happening before the birth of Christ, and that is that Jesus is dealing specifically with a fi- with the family Jacob, who becomes Israel, or Abraham, right? J- and but then what happens in the New Testament is that definitely it's opened up. Yeah, it's opened up. But yeah. that was that was always the plan to be open. Always open. Yeah. Even even before the birth of Christ, they, yeah. they were supposed to be a, a welcoming nation, and they that's where they failed. They they did not fulfill all. They became they, they always swung in the in in extreme directions, and very rarely had that balance. Yeah, I, I would say in some ways they they were successful. We see vignettes of success, yeah, uh, and but in many ways that we say more more cases of of, of failure than than success. Yeah. I wanna I wanna just make sure because like this is this is all good, but at the end of the day. So what? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for us? I mean, if I don't, I don't mean mean glib, uh, but we read this. We read this passage in in Luke twenty one. Which question number one? What is this passage? Yeah. What we're talking about? <laughs> I was and then number two. What are what are some takeaways that we can have in twenty in in, in the twenty first century? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, okay. So let's not have a theocracy. So so all right. Let's not like. I mean, what what sorts of takeaway from all this? I think probably one of the issues that comes to light is the fact that how do you justify the fact that God acted the way he acted under the theocracy in the name of religion? Mm. And, 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 and how is he not different then than he is now? Mm. I think that's kind of the tension that exists between mm-hmm. now and now and then, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the short and probably unfulfilling answer is we don't know, you mm. know, we ultimately don't know. We do know about the character of God. And that character, he doesn't change. He's the same mm-hmm. yesterday, today, and forever. There's also an element of the mystery of God. We're not going to know even in eternity future. We're not going to know everything about God, even with the elimination of sin. That's what makes him God, the fact that he is a mysterious person. Mm-hmm. What we do know, and we go back to the weeds and the tares, is that there is an element of wisdom that exists in God, that he's planted good seed, and there is okay. uh, evil seed that an enemy has planted. We do know that. We do know that he always acts in the best interest of the fulfillment of fruit, not just the elimination of sin. And so because of these different things you have, play and counterplay in terms of what happens with sin and righteousness, mm-hmm. what happens between this nation and that nation and so forth. Mm-hmm. 
for me, I'm sometimes um, sometimes I'm a little jealous, uh, jealous of the Israelites back in those days when they had the sanctuary system and all the rituals. Direct access. And, yeah, and, and they could see God in the cloud, and and they had all these these very physical, you know, physical representations of spiritual realities. We don't we don't have that so much anymore today. Uh, you know, we have very few physical things that exemplify spiritual realities. We have baptism, we have communion. You know, that's kind of kind of it, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, so I, I sometimes I wish we were still under that kind of uh, system where we could just be more aware of what's going on. But the lesson for me is, uh, yes, there is a theocracy. God is in heaven. He is my king. He's the king of my heart, right? And because of because we are surrounded by the world, you know, we are in this world but not of this world, uh, I need to make sure that I am plugged into into his kingdom, into mm. his word, into the, into the laws of his land mm. uh, more and more so that I can... Um, be a citizen of heaven, uh, you know, that I can be in, in tune with the, you know, the, the atmosphere of heaven. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's only by his grace and his, his Holy Spirit. But to me, um, it makes me think of of the importance of, of uh, being a citizen, but also a representative to this world, mm. fulfilling that that calling we have as ambassadors and and lights and you know a kingdom of priests as he says mm-hmm. uh, representatives to this world so that that's kind of for me what I'm, what I'm taking away from this um, as we are not living in those days anymore the the application for me is still there to be a light to this world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when, when I think about it what God had intended for Israel as Jonathan had said is still what he intends for his people yes. today. He's always intended the same for his people. Like his intentions have not changed. And the way that he brings it about hasn't changed. What he has constantly been dealing with is our selfish, yes. stubborn hearts, right? Mm. Um, and having to, he, and he's so kind and patient to adjust himself to make sure that he gives us an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that God has always intended for us to be a light to the world. He always has, and he still does. Mm-hmm. That God has always intended for him to be the king of our lives at a personal level, individually, manifested through the sanctuary service, manifested through the rituals that they had, always been his intention. Mm. That has always been God's intention, continues to be. Um, so what I get from it is is really the faithfulness of God, mm-hmm. actually, um, throughout all of human history that he has been faithful to humanity and his faithfulness to me personally, um, that God wants to be our king, to be the king and Lord in our lives and for us to be his representatives in this world. Mm. Um, We are not under a theocracy in the same way that it was in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And yet we are still under God in the same way that it has always been for God's people. Mm-hmm. My, my takeaway is that uh, you guys' composition, uh, the lesson, my t- <laughs> the, in hearing every you guys talk, is that we are still under a theocracy with Jesus on the throne. Jesus is the, the man God on the throne of the universe, mm-hmm. and we are still under that dispensation, and that we there should be no human theocracy on this earth, that no human being should say, you know, whether you're Catholic or whether you're Protestant, we look at religious liberty, or in our homes, like, hey, I am the king, you know, it's we are still under subservient, under, under God. Yes. Until he comes back again in fleshly form to reclaim us, uh, that's that. That sounds very um, uh, cliche, but like looking at all of salvation history, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, and that's the the epitome and the the apex 
of human history. Uh, hopefully, this has been a good study for you guys. This has been very theoretical, but but very very good. It it, it brings order to uh, all the government forms that the Bible talks about and what Jesus is essentially getting at when he's talking about liberty, but also about future last day events. Next episode, we're going to look at what Paul has to say, and then in future episode after that, we're going to look at what happens at the last days when state and church get together. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us here. Uh, on this topical arc on Inverse. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, This is Inverse.